Welcome to the new game of leadership, everyone. My name is Zarina Dimitrova, host of the Grow and Learn platform and organizer of the new game of leadership summit. We've had an amazing lineup of people. I was just discussing with um, today, today's speaker, Nicolina Werther, the, the quality of the speakers that we've had so far. And I'm really thrilled to have her with a topic that nobody really addresses, which is what to do if you're shy, how to be a leader if you're shy. And, you know, because we're always bombarded with these behavioral to-dos and, uh, and people are really struggling with their self-confidence and it's not like you can naturally program yourself so fast and sometimes it's not about programming but you'll hear more from her so welcome Nicolina good to have you hello hello thank you thanks for having me <laughs> so your topic today is, let me read the exact uh, title. Your topic is quiet, shy, sensitive, overlooked, question mark, personality di diversity revisited. Uh, and I'm just briefly gonna introduce you. Um, so you have a background in coaching, psychology, mindfulness, systemic thinking, and social sciences and performing arts. So really the soft side of, um, of the human behavior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I understand how, um, you know, th this topic is what suits your personality. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting the way you put it. Um, because yeah, we are of course naturally drawn to the things that suit us. And at the same time, how often are we trying to do something that doesn't suit us because we're thinking that's how we should be or society or, you know, our organization or something. And that's also partly I, what I want to speak about is that um, obviously diversity is important in all aspects, you know, any form of diversity, but I find, and we know a lot about personality diversity and we see it all around us. And yet sometimes we almost also forget about it. And I find work culture, especially West in the West, uh, predominantly has certain ideals around how we're meant to be. Um, for example, generally more extroverted than introverted. And if someone doesn't, isn't entirely clear what that means, I'll get to that in a bit. Um, I think that, yeah, that let me think. And also, yeah, sensitivities is still something where people are like, oh, is that even useful <laughs> to have in the yeah. workplace? Um, so that's why I find, for example, those really, really interesting. And I stuck the shyness in there because I find often it confuses people. So theoretically, they're not the same. You can be introverted, you can be sensitive and not shy. But it gets very uh, confused often. So even if you go look to Google or something, I think that they often say, oh, if you're introverted, that means you're more introspective and whatnot and shy. I'm like, well, not necessarily. Shyness really has this element of you're uncomfortable. Or, for example, like you said, you know, doing certain things, being maybe confident or assertive or anything else, which you can do if you're introverted, but not necessarily if you're also shy. <laughs> so I, um, I, I suppose shy could also be situational. So it's not necessarily that you're always shy in all kinds of situations. Uh, and there could be something that triggers your shyness, for example. And that's where mm -hmm. I find um, that's why I find it's so interesting in organization and that's how I've experienced it and why it has come to my awareness apart from learning a lot about different personality styles during coach training um is yeah we you know we always adapt of course to our surroundings and for example let's imagine now I'm already going into this like you are naturally more quiet or sensitive or you're just not as easily 
going for, you know, giving a presentation or speaking up or voicing your opinion. Um, in, in, in certain environments, that's maybe, you know, not, you might have difficulties with that because the whole environment, as I said, is set up, you know, it wants people to, it just expects almost people to naturally have all these qualities. And I, I really like Susan Cain's book about, um, she writes about introversion, even though some people say she actually wrote, writes about high sensitivity, um, where she um, she looks at Harvard and, and you know, really big, she, in the US, but big institutions, um, which all have this ideal of let's be gregarious and, you know, let's be outgoing. And for half the population, that's just not naturally the case. Right. And that's why it's so important to kind of remind ourselves of, for ourselves, like how, you know, how are we doing at work and how do others perceive us? But also if we're leading a team or, you know, part of an organization, like who might we overlook and what might they have to contribute? So that's, and, and again, like for myself, being naturally more introverted and uh, sensitive um, and shy as well, originally, hopefully getting better at that too now. Um, I've really found it so different depending on what environment I worked in. And because I've been freelancing a lot, so I used to work in events, uh, technical things, and later on more of the people side of events and other things. So I've been in a lot of different environments. Sometimes, you know, every day was somewhere else. And um, I found it very interesting in how some environments you're, and it comes back to all these qualities that, you know, we're sharing over the whole summit of, did I feel more included? You know, where people being, you know, coming towards me and asking me about my opinion, or I mean, you're giving me the space to bring myself fully in there, listening to me, having meetings, or as a freelancer, it's always a little bit different, of course, than if you're employed, but it was really this kind of human side of what you know, we are talking about here that made a huge difference of how much I could, for example, input things or you know how how engaged I felt or how much I could contribute and that's pretty much what's generally reflected in the research as well um and that's yeah why it's to me personally a very interesting topic um because if like I said generally if, if we're not paying attention to people having different personalities then it, it's similar to other types of person uh, diversity that uh, again like the engagement can go down productivity can go down employee well-being can go down um, you know eventually your, your bottom line can go down so those factors they're very very similar it's just yeah again like for me it's it's really interesting to look at personalities and yeah I might go a bit deeper into that um, yeah I am I'm thinking that uh, I recently read an article from uh, Harvard Business Review, I think it was, where they said that uh, extrovertedness and introvertedness are not a prerequisite or, or not a sign for uh, career success or for a position success. So in the end, they're not an indicator, even though we perceive them as, uh, as something that would contribute for somebody's success in a career, they're actually not, they're not related to performance at all. Yeah. No, they shouldn't be. That that's exactly the point. <laughs> if everything's mm -hmm. going well, they, they should not be. And yet it's good to remind ourselves that they come with different qualities. So that and, and again, for example, Susan Kane claims that she thinks it's it's a, of all the difference in personality that intra-extroversion is possibly the most that, that influences most of how we do things because it can be so different that 
yeah, the extrovert is energized by people. They love being around people. They're really good in rolling other people maybe into an idea or, you know, bringing social or just sharing ideas. They can still be shy uh, or sensitive. Most sensitive people are introverts, but what 30% aren't. So that's a different thing, high sensitivity. I get to that in a moment. Um, but yeah, extroverts is great, like I said. And, and But the introverts, they're really good maybe, at, you know, studying more on their own. They love being on their own. So you can see that they like maybe to go more deeply into something, think more about it. That's often, you know, thinking before they speak, whereas the extroverts likes to think through speaking. So sometimes you see someone talk and talk and talk and they're thinking, but the introvert sits there and doesn't say anything because they're processing in their head before they talk. Mm. And of course, you know, if you are, let's say, at a meeting or something, we are naturally wired, of course, to pick up whatever calls our attention so if some person one person is speaking or maybe it's a bit louder or you know more outgoing of course naturally you know if we want or not we're drawn to them first because oh there's a stimulus so paying you know putting our attention there and so that's why often you can have a dynamic of where it's not equal anymore even if you you're not doing it even intentionally but it can happen and that's why I think it's really really important to kind of yeah, again, also, if you are maybe leading the team or something to just really pay attention, okay, so who is a quieter one? And would they maybe like to contribute in a different way? Might they need a different setting? So some people, you know, love collaboration. Most introverts prefer maybe to have more time to think on their own. I mean, that's going also into high sensitivity already that um, this, this whole idea of some people like to, yeah, do more bits on their own and then share them. Whereas this, let's have a big collaboration thing um, which can be great for ideas, but again, it can also lead to things like maybe something like group thing, because all of a sudden we're all going towards the same idea because no one did the thinking on their own. So it's not one is better than the other, as you said. But the question is, of course, do you have you know something in place that where both can thrive or contribute also in the best way? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I find that usually in in different positions, so people are self-selecting whether they would apply for a certain position that requires a certain quality. So they have already pre-selected whether they want to be in an environment that requires them to be an extrovert or whether the environment can accept them being an introvert. Yeah, Or maybe absolutely. we get into the environment later. I don't know if whether you... No, but, uh, yeah, well, let's go there because I think it's, it's very... Um... It's very true what you say, and I was thinking of it in terms of branding, because the same thing, like think about the brands you purchase, for example, or you're drawn to. Of course, they usually match our personalities, isn't it? Um, and the same, yes, with with, um, with work environments. Um, but again, like I'm just always like to put out that que- like the question, ask the question of, yeah, do we want it? And often that's, of course, again, with branding, we do want to attract a certain person. But we also don't want to exclude someone because we simply didn't think of them mm-hmm. <laughs> or something like that, isn't it? Right. Um, I'm just thinking that what, what other maybe important personality differences are something like, you know, is someone risk averse or, you know, do they like to take risks is, is another example of, of course, you want both. <laughs> and we've seen it, you know, like, again, there are lots of studies or at least, you know, theories out there why certain things or certain organizations went did particularly well or not well because you had too much leaning to one side 
you know, we're all of a sudden all taking risks and no one pays attention anymore. That's not great. But if no one ever takes a risk, <laughs> you're not getting anywhere either. Mm-hmm. Um, or the same, you know, be, are you detailed? Are you a big picture thinker? Um, um, even something, you know, do you think more in straight lines and, and A to B logical versus, you know, are you more imaginative going naturally, but more creative things? Again, you, you always want both. But I think like for me, and that's, I'm quite glad that I did learn a lot about these things because it like with all these things, it always helps the more I understand about it, the more I can see it in my, you know, opponent, not the opponent, like the person opposite of me or, you know, where, how do they function and, and what can I draw out of them? And for example, I did train at some point in the Clifton Strengths Finder, which is possibly the most complex personality test out there. I think it's actually a little bit too complex for for practice, uh, but I know some people love it. And um, the whole point, of course, I mean, with all personality tests really is to, yeah, to draw your attention to, okay, there is this strength of being context focused, you know, being able to draw some from history, for example, or there's a strength of being, you know, good and predicting trends, which is then the future oriented one. Or um, I don't even remember what else. Um, yeah, deliberative is in there, but I forgot what the opposite is. Something, I guess, with someone, again, activator maybe, who is easier to just start a project, for example, then you have the person who's better at you know, doing the bits in the middle, and then you have the people who are better at finishing things. Because I'm, I'm just would be curious, I don't know, do you have any experience? Do you have used any personality questionnaires of things i i have i i remember I, i've actually used a lot uh, not myself i've been given a lot of personality tests both for hiring and after i've been hired and the first one that i remember doing in 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 my at my first job was the myers-briggs uh, test and i remember i was a significant outlier i was more on the creative and inventor creator or something like that and I was working in a finance controlling department so you can imagine that I wasn't uh, an amazing fit or they thought so but I was already hired but it turned out that I performed really well and I contributed a lot so even Mm. though my personality seemed not to be you know fitting what they would put in a box as a financial controller I actually did pretty well in this job because um, I, I was open to uh, create new business uh, cases um, to work uh, in a very in a very creative way with other departments. So in a more collaborative style. So I was having these qualities that they didn't consider as core personality uh, traits for somebody in controlling. So sometimes, because you need all traits in the end or you might need some uh, some traits in a um, I'm, I'm thinking in a in a regular day-to-day work you can say fine i need 70 to 80 percent of the time you would be doing excel sheets and for that clearly i wasn't a great fit but then there's the 20 percent, and who would do the best job for these 20 percent? that wouldn't be the the other people that were whatever the other personality mm-hmm. traits were right so you would also need somebody to fill this gap for the needed skills. But my thought now was whether really these personality tests are so predictive or whether there's really any use in in them in the end. Uh, yes and no, that's my answer. I do think, especially when, you know, if it's not your main job to think about 
has differences in people. And, and I have to say, um, who were the Mark Azoulé and, and Abi Abibi on Friday, they, they gave, a, gave a brilliant model, I think, to use in terms of different personalities, in terms of family roles. So yeah, if you haven't watched it, go and watch it. It's, it's, a, it's a great tool and has, has had a good amount of different types to not be too narrowed or too big, I think. Um, I do like the Myers Briggs myself as well. I think it's very good. Um, but yeah, for, if, if you're completely new, even 16 types might already be overwhelming. <laughs> um, I just think it can help, like I said, especially if you're new. Or like I said, even the thing we, we heard on Friday that um, to really, again, make you more aware, make you more think of, okay, so why is someone, you know, thinking, behaving, acting uh, in the way they do, what's motivating them or not motivating them? And it seems like, you know, do some, does someone need all the information in one go or do they need them bits by bits? You know, depending on personality, they might get overwhelmed either way. <laughs> And they might not be performing at their best anymore. It's like little things sometimes, even like just like that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, so I do think they, they are good, but of course, all of them are limited in some way or another. Um, either because they are too stereotyping you and you're like, oh, I don't really think that's me. Or again, Clifton Strengths find it great in many ways. I took it several times and had very different results every time, which you're not supposed to get. <laughs> um, luckily, I had other people helping me so um I think I'm more or less clear now what it's me but um that's the only thing like sometimes they can also cause a bit of confusion or the other argument I've heard is that people then are like I mean that's actually I've heard I think twice now that people did use one at work not even necessarily like an organized thing but more like okay maybe there's some conflict so let's just do it and maybe we can get some clarity and then there's often one person who thinks, oh, if I tell my type, I'm going to be the scapegoat and they don't tell the type. <laughs> and of course, that's not what you want at all, because A, the whole point is there is no type worse than the other. As you said, they all contribute in a particular way. Um, and yeah, but if, if yeah, that, that's kind of, well, what do you do when that happens? It's just like, well, you can just take it and be like, okay, <laughs> make an assumption maybe why that is the case and then continue without knowing the type of someone, I guess. Um, I did hear it also that um, I think from, there was a woman, like African-American, African, sorry, African-American woman, she said, oh, I'm already, you know, African-American woman and now I'm also introverted in that. So I don't, I think it works against me. But again, that that's where I think it's so important then to think about, so what is the culture actually? Or what is, you know, what are we valuing here in the organization? Also, what do we need? Um, because like you said yourself, in a good functioning system, theoretically, everyone should have a place. Yes, there are roles and jobs where you want to potentially certain types more than others. But as you had this example, and I know examples where sometimes, you know, the opposite is what actually brings you the new perspectives or skills or you all of a sudden see how you can do things differently um i'm thinking also of examples you know from um negotiating or something where like uh i was thinking of i don't know if you know chris foss's book where he, he used to be an fbi hostage negotiator tough guy okay no <laughs> i've never heard mm -hmm. yeah it's a great book it's, it's really great but um he also shared i mean he's all about you know teaching people negotiation skills and these days businesses um and he also stresses several times how often actually almost the opposite personality than you expect is actually really good in it for example then all of a sudden we get empathy into the picture or um yeah especially for negotiating i guess that one <laughs> or you know something like that 
So that's why I, I would always say, like, if you use it at work, yeah, I mean, ideally, of course, you have an environment where people feel safe to share their type and where they can understand how it's, you know, strengths and something to be proud of and not to be ashamed of, mm-hmm. which is like, and again, that comes back to what we want generally. Of course, we want an environment of psychological safety <laughs> where we can say, you know, what we want, need, make a mistake and all these wonderful things. Um I don't know. Did that answer your question? Sure. I forgot my question because I'm already <laughs> thinking uh, along uh, different topics. I'm already remembering um, how I was accepted and how I moved forward in my career. Although I was, I, I was not a scapegoat, but I was uh, never fitting the let's say the average employee in the environment where I was, but that actually helped me. And for a lot of people, like for the example that you gave of the woman who from with a, um, that had a, an African, uh, African-American, she was, yeah. Uh, and also shy. Well, that's maybe a, a different uh, diversity type as you're talking about shyness at the moment. But, but I'm also thinking about people who, perceive themselves to be at a disadvantage because they're foreigners or because they're women. And to me, that had actually proven exactly the other way around. The fact that I was a foreigner at most of the jobs that I had done and that I was a woman um, actually helped me move forward, I feel, because people noticed me as being different. So the question is always how you see yourself. Do you see that this diversity works in your advantage or... Or not and I, yeah that's it's so interesting and that's partly also what's important to me is I, I think it's two ways because my experience has been as I said at the beginning same place and being a technician yes you are usually the only woman and yes I'm an immigrant too um, you do stick out and I've seen it work in my favor and against me depending on who was my team or the um, the um, 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 yeah, the, the, the organization, I guess. So um, it can really work. Um, it can work both ways. And the other thing you're just stressing is, of course, then also the thing about, you know, how you present yourself. And that's kind of more the thing, like, where we also all have to do, of course, our own work of, you know, how do we build ourselves strong or confident, assertive or whatever qualities we might need um, to not be ignored even if we have all certain things working against us, does that, um, mm-hmm. does sure. that? Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. Um, I'm just thinking like, maybe I throw in another idea about how you can type people very briefly because I, that's the one I often come back to. And I think it's because it's simple and, and so interesting. And that's, um, just thinking they're quite similar. So one is like the difference between testosterone and estrogen, which is not necessarily linked to gender. Yes, it is, but <laughs> we can have different levels regardless of gender. And that's why I, f- I find very interesting. So testosterone naturally is of course more direct, um, can push through things, willpower, um, t- potentially more logic and estrogen is tends to be more, you know, creative, flowy, um, um, uh, the opposite of pushing mm-hmm. um laid back yeah and they can you know you can have different amounts of these like i said regardless of what your gender is 
more good women will have been more dominant in estrogen and more men will be more dominant in testosterone, but it's not, you know, exclusively like that. Um, and also then you have serotonin, which is um, often people who like more traditions, con you know, con continuity, and uh, whereas the dopamine is often more the personality who's more open to new experiences, which again, you see overlaps with other models and something. Um, so that, and that also um, overlaps with, if you think our, you know, what we often call the trauma responses or fight, flight, freeze, and I'm throwing fawn in there, I get to that in a moment. Um, they in itself, I think, are brilliant at just getting a sense of from where someone is acting. So the fight is theoretically more the aggressive testosterone, aggressive in the sense that they can, you know, it's, it's originally a trauma response. So if there's a situation that maybe is uncomfortable for you, they can push against it and, you know, assert themselves and be like, that's not okay with me or doing the thing of let's speak up here. Um, so, um, yeah, so that's, that's your classic fight is, is literally you are able to fight for your safety or fight for whatever is important to you. And then you have the flight person who's much more like, oh, uncomfortable, let's get all busy here and let's just not look at the thing that <laughs> we don't like over there. And they often, you know, become the workaholics or the one, yeah, who would get ridiculously busy with other things, look at other things and just, yeah, do a lot of activity. And I'm sure you can relate to those as well. <laughs> and then you have the freeze person who is, again, originally the person who disassociates, but in real, often in life, it's more like, yeah, you go into fantasy land. So it's another way of, you know, not looking at the stressor, but just almost turning a blind eye, pretending it's not happening, but without a, that's either crazy activity or just quickly get away. They're just going somewhere else in their head. And, and you know, at work, it can look like, yeah, they're just ignoring the issue, even though it stares them in the face. Um, and then the fawn type, which is, uh, I think it would just, it comes from the animal kingdom fawning uh, it just basically means people pleasing which i think is another really interesting one um which means that if there's if there's something upsetting or stressing that you know some people go into oh let me just make it right for you and oh let's just make sure everyone's fine here and then nothing's going to happen to me and i'm sure you know you've seen all of these happening at work and like with any other personality types you can talk about you see them in leadership styles as well you know, the person who can't take criticism and is more like aggressive or shouty, that's a fight type. You know, the flight type who's just possibly making too much work for no particular reason or something. Um, the people pleaser definitely is just, you know, busy with trying to make sure everyone's fine, but not maybe doing the work. Uh, and then the freeze type who's potentially just ignoring things or doing not what's really important right now or something and then that's it's one I find I often come back to because yeah they're, they're just I don't know for me they're quite obvious like the way I see them play out so are um, these types uh, connected in any way to to people being uh, a bit more shy is any of these personality they're shyer like I said so I'm I'm, I'm generally talking more introversion sensitive than shy um, yeah, sensitive uh, and I, I come to sensitivity in a moment. Um, they definitely fight not so, I mean, any of these, I would say, even a shy person, I don't know if they are easy to go into fight. Because usually when you fight, you already, you, you don't care what's going to happen to you. You just make sure <laughs> that you let people know that's not okay with you. <laughs> um, freezing and, and fawning are particularly uh, um, popular along and, 
let's say, shy, quieter, sensitive people. But they can go into flight as well. Um, even though, again, like, let me maybe say a bit more about sensitivity. Because sensitive people can easily overwhelm. So, the, yeah, they can they can flight, but I don't think they can do it very long. At least that's, I've not seen it. Because, yeah, if they, this is the whole point with sensitivity. Is, <laughs> I'm starting with the negatives first. Is that because they pick up so much, um, they can quicker stress or get into overwhelm. That, that's that the thing with sensitivity. Let me explain what sensitivity is. Sensitivity really means... Um, your nervous system is attuned to picking up more outside stimuli than the majority of people do. Again, there are different theories and things out there why that is. So there definitely seems to be a genetic component. Um, there can also be a nurtured component, um, why you might have become that way. And yes, environment also plays a role in why you become that. But a lot of it, like really, we, we have that since very birth or very early in childhood. Um, that we, um, yeah, basically do, do scan the environment for all sorts of things, like be it sounds, be it light, be it, you know, smells, but of course, again, also, impart, you know, what, what do we pick up from other people? Um, let me just think what else. Um, any, yeah, anything <laughs> that you register really is an outside stimuli. And, and like I said, the whole point of a sensitive person is that, that your nervous system is wired to pick more up more stimuli, which again, like the lady who originally made this theory popular is um, Dr. Elaine Aaron. Uh, she wrote a book about the highly sensitive person, I think already in the 90s. <clears throat> and um, she, actually, if, I think ever since a lot of studies have also been done um, and they have now, I think, according to Wikipedia or something, said that there are at least a hundred other species in the animal kingdom where they say it's the same thing. So usually 20, 25% of the population are naturally wired differently to be able to pick more information up. Elaine Aaron, she explains it as um, that she's, her theory is, and I don't know if that's been proven, but it's that if you think of animals, they need the people who go, well, let's say, let's say spies who go before the tribe who are more sometimes also the wise kings, but definitely who are more doing the advising or like, you know, but the ones who, who are not the fighters or who are not, you know, who are concerned really more with, yeah, the going in front, so picking up more information, but then also maybe the other characteristic is they process it more deeply as well. So they get more in, into their awareness and then they process it more deeply um, to then, for example, potentially, I don't know, animals, I guess, don't advise, but be able to, communicate in whichever way like it's safe to go there or it's not safe this thing is safe or this is not safe so they might even be able to potentially um you know better be able to to figure out if, if a plant is safe or not i guess in the animal kingdom i don't know <laughs> i assume that's how it developed um and which of course means then that for if you're a human person and sensitive and living in the 21st century um that um yeah, so we are very perceptive, like I said, already um, empathic, um, often creative, intuitive, because, you know, what do you do when you're creative? You're just linking things, different things you already, which are already there. Um, conscientious, often potentially a bit more detail oriented, but that's already going too much into, it could be different. Um, yeah, let me think. Uh, do, do, you, do you have any... 
suppositions of what activities, let's not call them positions, but what activities these people might be well suited for in a business environment? Um, yeah, uh, yes and no. It's partly that's also where I want other people to do the thinking for what they think. So traditionally, often they've been called, oh, there's the artists, there's the scientists, there's the philosophers, you know, there are, what else, uh, potentially the therapist or, you know, where you might need these skills. But I think I, I don't want to reduce it only to that because, and that's, again, I have experienced it myself that, um I, for example, have been able in, in some meetings around culture and stuff, uh, but anyway, to, to voice things that were in the room, but outspoken, not spoken, I mean. Um, so, which I don't know if no one else picked them up <laughs> or if no one else said them out loud. But the thing is, you know, because yeah, intuition, like it's quite easy usually for sensitive people to just read between the line, like pick up things. Uh, and that's also whether then, okay, but are you heard and seen is so important. Um, so I think, I think my opinion is they are, should be important in most organizations. Uh, but I would almost put the question back of like, where do you think you could benefit from that empathy? We know, of course, like usually they're brilliant with people. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would see them as, uh, uh, as people doing new business development, actually, because you would need to, uh, scan uh, the environment, uh, sense where the trends are going to. So actually anywhere where you would need intuition. So I would put them in forward thinking positions rather than something that is uh, I, yeah. fixed and supporting. I mean, yeah, I, I think, I mean, that's partly also where I was going with this whole idea of this talk today is that I do think, I mean, everyone is gifted in their own unique ways, but they, they, yeah, they have this ability often to do a lot of deep thinking, for example. And yeah, potentially spotting trends or what, it could be a good idea. Um, but equally, yes, I think they can be really good, for example, to, yeah, build good relationships with clients or colleagues or something, or because they, they're very, they notice everything, not everything. <laughs> and it also depends on how much you develop, of course, your ability, natural abilities, but they are more tuned also to, are things fair? Is there harmony, you know, is there justice? And all, because they just pick up more of everything. <laughs> so they naturally also notice when things are not working so well. So that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, like, I, I just think it's good for people to, to ask themselves where, where do they see them or equally if it's yourself, like where do you feel drawn to? And, and for me, I, like, and that was for me one thing where I knew, I, yes, I, I was looking for things where I could voice these things more as well. And then with the questions, was there room for that? And sometimes there wasn't <laughs> and sometimes there was. And that's fine. But of course, then the question is, yeah, like, is it a fit or is it not a fit? And do we want to move somewhere else or do we not want to move somewhere else? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just thinking about... Uh, it's, it's kind of tricky to say who are famous, highly sensitive people because how do we really know? <laughs> but I think usually when you Google it or something, you know, people come up with, with the usual sub, uh, sub, uh, sub, uh, subjects. No, is that what the word is? Uh, like, you know, Albert Einstein or Jan yeah. Goodall or you know scientists People, or yeah persons yeah or someone um i think i heard somewhere martin luther king as well i which i wouldn't have thought just because, also because he was so public but maybe he was just very acceptable it's a word i can never pronounce <laughs> to, well, you know, oh, wrong 
also sometimes you can just act well you know i was uh, <laughs> that's why the saying goes uh, um play it out or fake it till you make it because i feel that i was that i'm naturally sensitive and i would even call myself shy by nature i mean maybe not anymore because i've managed to overcome it some the shyness uh, part of it uh, but i could partially also put myself in this uh, yeah. uh, group of, of, of shy people. Although again, uh, you know, it, it's a definition that I don't fit entirely to, but I, what, did I, what did I want to say? Basically that you can overcome it. So that leads me actually to the, to the next question. Do you want to overcome it or how do you want to deal with, with this sensitivity do you have any specific advice for people on how to be successful or how to deal with leadership in such a situation? So partly from what I know, what I read, partly from my own experiences, space is, you know, space to voice your opinion, for example, or being asked for what you might want to voice. So like for me, it was not nice when yeah, things weren't addressed, you know, when tensions weren't addressed. I mean, that's, it's similar to anyone in any work environment, but yeah, some people seem to care less if, if there's tension and it's not addressed. Or, you know, if, if like you have things for improvement and no one seems to care, <laughs> you know, ideas for improvement or something. So um, definitely uh, I would say space to, to like with any employee, you want to be have, gives them a space to say what's on their mind. But I find with sensitive people potentially even more importantly, also because they generally, when especially if they're also shy, something like a one-on-one, I, I think is, is is really great because I think I've said it before, but the only other thing with sensitive people is they can so easily be overwhelmed. Like most of them are possibly not naturally drawn to um, public speaking or saying, you know, in front of, it doesn't even have to be public speaking, but in front of your office, like, oh, I'm thinking this and that. And, and like you said, often, of course, then we, with the right guidance, we can build ourselves to being able to do that. And some people can naturally do it and are still introverted, sensitive or something like that. But um, yes, not, not necessarily. Yeah, just to give you an example, in my first position, I would wait for anybody, you know, whenever we were asked the question in the team, I would wait for everybody to speak first. And if I dared, I would speak last. If I dared, sometimes I wouldn't even say anything. So, uh, and at the moment I'm doing YouTube videos. So there's a huge, you know, distance that I have walked in my, in overcoming my shyness. And some people don't want to overcome it. I don't even know if it's necessary. It depends what you want to do, I suppose. Yeah, I agree. I definitely, that's definitely something. And that's also why I think it's so important to distinguish, are you, for example, introverted or sensitive? Are you shy? Because shyness is really this discomfort and feeling, oh my God, I'm, you know, having this, all these reactions, like, oh, I could be rejected or something horrible is going to happen. Whereas sensitivity, you can be sensitive, you can be introverted and not care so much <laughs> about the thing. And, and especially introverts, there's so many famous introverts who possibly are not shy or sensitive. I was thinking of, I don't know, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, I'm sure they were more introverts. It's just the nature of their work, I guess, yeah. you know, but are they shy or sensitive? I don't know, maybe, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> And I mean, the other thing for me and what I've heard from others is um, the whole idea. I already mentioned collaboration that like you said, and and I've also two things. Okay, let's stick with collaboration first. Um, 
uh, that again, thinking of Susan Cain's book there, where she talks also about, for example, education, that you know, there's a lot of emphasis of, oh, let's put the table together and let's all have a big team and everyone chips in and the quiet, sensitive person sits there and doesn't like to say anything. Or like you, they might wait until the end because maybe they're curious what others say, also very common, or they don't feel comfortable, which is maybe shyness, but you know, they might also just simply not hurt anyone and interrupt. <laughs> So you don't know, um, they don't always thrive in that environment. Um, so again, they might, they might need a different approach or maybe some more structure where it's clear when speaks when, or again, just ask them, I don't know. <laughs> um, and I personally have a thing with, with open plan offices. I personally do not like them. And I know a lot of other people don't like them either because there's too much stimulation if you're sensitive. Like imagine you're, you're, you're sensitive and people are talking. Maybe they're even talking gossip. I mean, I'm just saying like, I've definitely experienced that. And you might be more sensitive to that than other people and don't like it. <laughs> you know, there might be a draft. There might be the temperature might be wrong. It's noisy. The light might, might not be right. People are walking in and out. And depending on your nervous system, you're just constantly distracted. And you just can't focus. And you're getting more and more overwhelmed. And depending on then how you have learned to deal or not deal with stress, you might explode. You know, or you might completely shut down, coming almost back to how do we deal with if something isn't uh, working for us? You know, do we kind of blank it out or do we do we have that energy to storm out of the room? You know, do we pick a fight? Depends on the person. <laughs> um, but that's another thing where I definitely would, would uh, advise people, because, again, that's, that's I have seen it in, in quite conscious and, and environments that were really, you know, trying to do the best for their employees, but there was this emphasis like, oh, and let's just have open plan offices and, you know, all these gatherings. And I was like, no, <laughs> please not. <laughs> um, so there's, I think, definitely more awareness around that also to, yeah, just ask people maybe what they like. And yes, and we cannot always accommodate everything, but even at least knowing what works or doesn't work for someone, I guess is the first step. Um, yeah. I think there was a reversal in the trend of open space offices. It was actually claimed to have um, the opposite effect of what it was uh, aimed at, which was to increase uh, productivity by allowing people to speak to each other more. But it actually turned out that it had the reversal effect. So now they're uh, repurposing again the, the spaces to to close them. Yeah, I mean, I've again, yeah. I've seen both, and yet I still have. There are still quite recent uh, um, reports where people are still advocating for it. So yeah, as, there might be just both trends going on, which is good. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I personally think, yeah, you possibly will need both. I mean, that's the whole point of diversity. You need different environments for different people, right? Mm -hmm. And not just because oh, well, let's have another thing on our to do list. Right. Yeah, in the it's end, it's a trend now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but in the end, it's hopefully beneficial, you know, for everyone because you just be more you know, productive, innovative, whatever you're trying to be. <laughs> um, does that more or less give an idea about sensitivity? Let me just think if there was anything else I wanted to mention. Um, oh yeah, just, you, you did, yeah. I, 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 yeah, yeah, I, I was just wondering whether you, you have any tips for people that are highly sensitive and are, and are at the moment in an environment that, that is not very accepting of, sensitivities yeah, or, that box, or that box them in highly emotional in a negative connotation yeah I mean I was thinking of yeah let's have a bit more around that um, 
Um, so I think so, no matter if you identify as sensitive, and I think to some extent we're all a bit sensitive, but also it's, it's, it's a spectrum, like everything. Right. Same with, yeah. right? Um, and China's, it's, and like you said, it can a bit, something can depend on context. Um, or like if you are more like the person trying to, you know, have better working relationships or trying to think, no, so trying to say is no matter if it's you or you're thinking of others, self-awareness or awareness is always, I think, the first step to almost anything. So by becoming more aware of, for example, what's working for you, what's not working for you, where are you closing down, uh, where, you know, where do you feel stressed or where, yeah, where do you just get a bit tense maybe, um, or where, again, maybe see if there are particular situations where you just feel like you don't want to say anything or you don't feel like you know you should say anything or it could even also be written or something you just feel like you don't want to contribute and like again where where's that coming from is that it could be more the shyness thing is it rejection is it because you feel like oh it shouldn't be me or they're not you know what what <laughs> it's going a bit into this whole idea like what's what's your belief behind that like why, why what what's the reason for it um so that definitely I think should be the same first step or equally like then if you are um let's say the, the leader or the one who's trying to manage something, um, just being maybe a bit more aware of also of other people, like what, what, maybe you can see or find like why that person are they, is always quiet. Like, why are they not contributing? And again, sometimes people, like you said, they don't want to say anything, but if it's maybe again, have a conversation or something or, you know, find out if, if they feel comfortable to say something, for example, um, or if literally, you know, they, again, they, they might not even be uncomfortable, but distracted by the fan going or something. I don't know. Um, and the other thing, of course, is then also um, for yourself to communicate when something isn't comfortable for, to you um, or simply distracting you. Like, and it, it sounds weird, but something like temperature in the room you know, of the lighting. I mean, I'm very sensitive to neon lights lots of offices have them so you, know, you can't always change it but it's again at least have the conversation like like with everything at least bring it into the space and see where it goes and I've seen it for people that um so you know this this whole idea of becoming aware of what you need uh, and communicating it and that some of all of a sudden they were able to get for example a, a space to themselves and even if it was like the cupboard under the stairs you know like a little I've, I've had a colleague and he had ended up having a tiny space with not too much more than a desk but he was on his own and he thrived so much more he loved it you know just because he needed the quiet and I think possibly also his own lighting and whatever um so it worked better for him <laughs> and it was I think it was a bit of a storage space but it wasn't like they didn't need to you know expand their offices or something to make that happen um yeah, and then like, like what you said, being really also being aware of is, is this thing, is it shyness or is it sensitivity? You know, am I, what, it comes back to why am I maybe, you know, not contributing in, in the way? Um, is it confidence? Is it um, like, why do you not like to give a presentation maybe? It's kind of mm. let me think if there's anything else around that um i i think it most in most cases it, uh, cases it actually equates with uh, insecurity so with the question of confidence it's very closely related at least in my case it was but uh, for me the way to overcome it is always to ask 
myself, where am I going? What do I want to achieve? And if I want to achieve that, what I'm doing at the moment, is it helping me or not? And the yeah. moment you realize that it's not helping your goal, you start making steps to overcome uh, what is impeding you. In this case, you know, confidence, although it's not uh, 100% equitable to, to sensitivity, but it's still close. I, I see it as quite closely related, actually. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, and while you were talking, I was thinking of another example. But just yeah. Slipped my mind. Um, let me give you a funny example while you're thinking. Or shall yeah. I let you think? <laughs> I'll give you space to think. And let me deal with, <laughs> with the sensitivity. Just, uh, just, just completely gone. Anyway. Um, no problem. Let me tell you a joke then. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... Um, uh, while I was working at this first job that I gave you an example of, I was very fond of learning Feng Shui. Mm -hmm. And um, what I in Feng Shui, there are certain dimensions that are optimal. So what I did is my desk, I, I measured my desk. It didn't have the optimal dimensions. So I thought, okay, I have to make it in an optimal dimension. So what I did is I uh, drew, drew lines, two lines with colorful pens on my desk just to make it seem as if it were feng shui uh, compliant, you know, to make it that size. And uh, so the people in this uh, controlling department that I told you I worked for, they always uh, put me in this uh, box of, okay, she's more creative. They made fun of me, but in a nice way. So it wasn't really d diminishing, but still I was in the box of, okay, she's a bit different. So uh was i sensitive about that i guess i was but again it's something that i believed in i believed that this would make my work better than it would make me progress <laughs> you understand so it's like it's again the belief that brought me forward of what yeah. i need to achieve and why i'm doing it absolutely i i, I uh, yeah and i i agree and again um, i'm thinking of examples from uh was a, a university lecture or something where often the examples are around public speaking or something, or even Susan Cain, like the author herself, I think she was an originally a barrister and she's a shy, sensitive, introverted person and, you know, holding her ground against more, you know, the traditional, oh, I'm holding this case and this is how it should be and stuff was made not comfortable originally, but, you know, just by, yeah like owning it and also reconfirming why it is so important for her um she was able to do a brilliant job and then you know until the opposite side was like i just can't believe how tough and gentle you were which is bringing her personality in and really owning it but also really going for yes but i want to win this case you know uh and and she just drawn all the strengths she had and she describes it beautifully um, in the beginning of her book much better than i can mm -hmm. um about um yeah i mean she was smart of course she was clever she was very well prepared again in the sense that people love preparing i guess <laughs> they can overthink because they process so much <laughs> um she um yeah she would it was her career she wanted to do well uh, and she knew she was very good with people so she was possibly listening a lot and, and asking very good questions and i don't know how she did it but she did it her way or, um, you know, the other story is of a, of a university professor who had to give lots of talks. You know, he was, I think, always winning, like, most appreciated 
a lecturer or something by the students, but he was very introverted and, and possibly sensitive. So he had to make, you know, quite a few arrangements of having downtime. I mean, the whole thing's with both introverts and, and sensitive people is that they need, you know, the time to recharge, the time to, where there's not much happening, where they not need to be outgoing, maybe. Um, again, there are sensitive people who are extroverts, but like I said, they're a bit less. Um, and so, uh, and, and he just had to arrange things like, um, I don't know, but like having quiet lunch breaks, you know, he was giving presentations to outside of university or something, but anyway, he always, and then would go to the bathroom to have his break there. And uh, you get the idea is, is like you say, like really owning your strengths. And that's kind of back to coming, first of all, it's understanding if, you know, what is your personality or your natural way of being. And that's why I tried to give you a few technical ideas as well, hopefully, um, to, you know, clarify it if you're not clear about where, if you might be that or not. Um, and then, yeah, making arrangements, like communicating it, you know, um, yeah, making arrangements, setting boundaries, uh, redesigning your day. So sensitive people also can, you know, struggle with um, energy levels. Like quite a few of them actually have physical disabilities or things, which also means like they, they need to really be even more mindful of, you know, when are they in a good energy level and when are they not? And when can they do, you know, maybe more um, important tasks and way when, uh, you know, can, is it better for them just to do something that doesn't need so much of the energy or something, or when do they need to you know, retreat? You know, all, all these things of like, we, it's almost like this whole idea of putting yourself first, but then you're able to, you know, contribute more for everyone, for yourself as well as for others. Does that hopefully clarify that a bit? Makes sense, yeah. Thank you so much, Nicolina. It was a great talk as always. I enjoy talking to you. Um, where can people find you for coaching, for consultations? Um, info at nicolinaweather.com is email. And I, I'm also, I think, was it a, uh, I forgot someone else said that I'm, I'm easy to find because no one else seems to have my name. <laughs> so if you just Google Nicolina Weather, you'll find me on the website and, and social and all that good stuff. Yeah, I'll um, have it put under the video and under the audio when I upload them, but just in case when people can hear. I think someone is on the line, so just in case I have question yeah. if someone else has a question feel free or a comment or something do to be able better to manage our lives our work anything <laughs> they they apply for sensitive people as well of course um they might all almost need more of it so again like designing anything not just your day but how you do things you know how much structure do you need or how don't you need or um you know do you need to include another person in an email um does that make it easier for you as almost having a buffer or like communicating through someone versus you know going directly to someone um or going you know a level up or down or you know i'm also very personally fascinated by this idea of having more open organizations so a more self-managed organization where you don't have so much hierarchies um, maybe that's an environment which I think might be actually much better suited for these people because it's in the culture almost to you know be more aware of what people need yeah again like and if you have more questions or clarify need a clarification or want a good recommendation for a personality test or something <laughs> please reach out I'm happy to share any further resources or something okay Awesome. So the email was Nicolina at, or what was the email again? Info at nicolinaweather.com. 
Okay. Thank you so much, Nicolina. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.